Good evening. Welcome to another exciting, wonderful, by the fireside episode of the Awesome Village. My name is Greg, and joining me is Ryan, Glenn, and John. I wish you could smell what it smells like. In, in this. It smells pretty good. Ryan had uh, what he considered a nothing but snacks, which it was basically finger sandwiches, uh, chips, uh, meat pies. Um, and, and Oreos, birthday cake Oreos. So, you know, we most consider a nice little party platter. It was quite a meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was looking for the Lady Gaga Oreos, and I couldn't find them. What do they taste like? I don't know. I never... We were looking, they like, taste like, like a, a taste bad... Like? I don't know. They're called Chromatica, which I think is her album title. They look... Uh, I forgot. They were there. They red? They're like, they're, like, they're like pink and green. Yeah. So I have no idea what it tastes like, but, I mean, it's Lady Gaga, so... We'll be on the lookout. Yeah. If she's going to start putting out food, I'm going to eat it. (laughs) Just that simple. Inshallah. (laughs) I was trying to work in titles, but yeah. So I think, you know, I got the finger sandwich tray. And uh, I always have this affinity for the roast beef because I feel like it's disregarded. It's always the last one. That and the chicken salad. The chicken salad. Yeah, you're right. The chicken salad. The the ham is what I go for first, usually. Yeah, me too. The ham and the turkey. But roast beef is just disregarded yeah. of the of the holy trinity and of always, ham, turkey, yeah, and roast like, beef. I go get to those, and it's like, oh, that's what's left over. And I eat them, I'm like, oh, yeah, these are really good, actually. Yeah, it's like, I get it. It's probably not better than the ham or turkey, but it's still really good. I disagree. I mean, I kind of I go for those first or I go for the chicken salad. The roast beef? Yeah. Well, the chicken salad, when I think, it depends on the chicken salad. I mean, that, that can you, you can get shitty chicken salad. You can get delicious. Right. Egg salad, too. Same thing. I would they put too much celery in it, and it just takes over the taste of the whole thing yeah yeah your chicken salad should be smooth not crunchy right. okay i have a little crunch but it just i gotta have a little got a little onion i have a little onion crunch in there man it's okay that you're wrong so i've had it with 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 almonds in it too yeah i've had like a like a, like a almonds type style chicken oh with like, like the little pieces of apple in it yeah. yeah that's a white person food there we don't want to do with that that sounds terrible you put fruit in that kind of stuff we gotta get rid of that if you've never seen Ryan Ryan is quite white (laughs) I don't know some people think I'm not white I don't know who thinks that you'd be shocked like like when they meet you or like during your no when they meet me they think I'm like mixed are we supposed to be talking about this I think it's okay because it's about me it is about I mean I've had people think I'm Spanish I've had people think that I'm half black I guess because I have big lips I don't know I, I really don't know like I, people think I'm, I'm all kinds of different races. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, I don't. Know I, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty generic Caucasian, but evidently not. You're I mean, a man. You're a man of the world. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, like at the current point of your beard growth, you, our friend Dean and you are kind of. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, you're. you're it's like you're. You got all the beard, but then nothing. It's like your head's on upside down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't trimmed the beard in a little bit. Though, think about. If well, it's like old man, old man Picard. He grew all that beard right. on his. On his That's all right. His face. If if you flip Ryan's hair to the top, wouldn't it look funny with that little circle on his forehead? Maybe. I don't know if I feel comfortable. With you guys examining my hate, my face, and my head right now. I've always said you look like a grizzled old sea captain. With this. <laughs> I, I actually. I mean. People joke with me about the fact that I have a shaved head, but I actually am much nope, happier. I was, I was talking to two because my hair guys, sucked. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to two guys that work security today, and they were talking about how when they got older, they just shaved their heads because they didn't want to see all the gray. So, the, the, have you ever responded to every, anyone? I'm not bald. I shaved my head. Oh, I said this time. I always say that. <laughs> I always say I shave. What's my weird head. is uh, one of my cousins. He's been bald, like completely shaved his head, like since high school. And the other day, I ran into him and. 
He had his, he's like, what's the matter? You don't recognize him? I'm like, well, you got a mask on and you've got a full head of hair somehow. And he's like, he's like, during the pandemic, I just let it grow out. I was like, I just assumed you were going bald and that's why you shaved it. He's like, no. He's like, I didn't know what was going to happen when I let it grow up, but you just, just got a normal head of hair. It's really weird. That's so, funny. Somebody that I've seen bald for the past 20 years suddenly has a full head of hair. It's so much easier. I don't have to brush my hair when I get up. And it's not like a toupee or something. I mean, you right. can tell. It's like he's just, his hair's growing. It's easier. And you know, I'm all about making things as easy oh, as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So <laughs> it's true. So, y'all want to talk about what today is? Groundhog well, day? by the time this don't, comes don't, out, don't forget your booties because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. <laughs> so yesterday for you, yeah, yesterday was Groundhog Day. Yeah. Did did the, the rat see a shadow? He did. He, he did. Uh, you know, because that's what we listen to for climate information. Yeah, it's very scientific. <laughs> Rank up the music. <laughs> the Pennsylvania polka. <laughs> Did you all hear the fan Why theory? Why did you, you just said he can't <laughs> just said he can't you mean it? The fan yeah. theory that some people worry. think that um, Ned Ryerson's actually the devil that like, has him in the time oh. loop because... I don't want to think about that kind of <laughs> stuff about Ned. Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. <laughs> I don't want to think of him as the devil. I just want to see him do his whistle and button directly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd like to see how you pull that off. I sure as heck fire remember you. <laughs> I don't know where you're headed, but can you call and say... <laughs> I, I, I love that one of his first missions, once he realized what he can do, is to you know bang Nancy Taylor. Yeah, that's what he uses like a first couple days to to figure out how to do. <laughs> Nancy, <laughs> Nancy Taylor. <laughs> I even asked you to the prom. <laughs> she makes noise like a chipmunk when she gets really excited. Hey, <laughs> it's true. What a great film. One of the best dinner scenes of all time with him eating all that food. Oh, when he shoves that strawberry shortcake in his mouth. Yeah. I wonder how much of that was just him. It was just Bill Murray being. I wonder how much of that, like, they like they all busted out laughing and had to do retakes. Mm-hmm. He probably stuffed himself who knows how many I times. Think, I don't think I'm V-God, but I'm definitely A-God. <laughs> <laughs> that about sums it up for me. What does he, what does he say? Maybe, he, maybe uh, the God isn't that special. He just knows everybody because he's been around so long. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's a movie that if it's on, I'll yeah. watch it from start to finish. And it kind of created a whole genre because I saw today somebody put a list of the favorite like time loop movies. Because that's of true. <clears throat> and well, I feel like they they could do more with that that genre. It's not like tapped out. Well, they could, but but click exists, so I don't know if, if everyone. Well, every out. genre's got to have a bad movie. And but I mean, they just made the what was the the one with Andy Samberg that just came out? Palm Springs. Palm Springs. That was excellent. It was very well done. A lot of people don't remember Source Code. That's a good one. Yeah, Source Code is a good yeah. one. And I don't. I didn't see. Is, Fre- is frequency one of those? I don't think it's a time no. loop. I, I never saw it. It's not a time loop. It's like he uh, he has a like a ham radio, and somehow it he talks, frequency, to, his he talks to his father in the past. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of like how that magical mailbox works, and that camera. Well, that's and, like and, and, <laughs> yeah, and then like TV, there's that awesome Star Trek episode with Kelsey Grammer where they're in the time loop. Yeah, Groundhog Day. So, so Captain Morgan Bateson <laughs> and his brother Niles. Yeah, yeah. I thought about you this morning before I left to work. I turned on BBC and I saw um, Major Kieran Reese building an oven, which is it's a terrible. For listeners to the show, um, <laughs> Glenn and I would get together and watch a lot of Star Trek, and my favorite's Deep Space Nine. And there was a they it premiered on like like Paramount or something. They were showing old episodes, and we yeah. got down to watch it. And there was this one episode, first, it's season, the first season. Yeah. I'm just still trying to figure out back then, you know, what a show was, and it's her like trying to convince this guy to leave. 
Yeah, it was something where the planet, they were trying to evacuate these people that didn't want to go, and this old man was trying to build a pizza oven. Yeah, and she helps him build And then she oven. blows it up. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, if you're going to watch Deep Space Nine, don't skip it. It's you as skip interesting as it sounds, us yeah. talking about it. The, the B plot for that one was more interesting than the A one, because it was Quark and, I mean, that uh, Nog and Jake, like... Trading stuff to eventually try to that get that was a fun sub. You're right yeah. because it, it basically was like you could start out with this and it, it reminds me of Dwight in the office. Yeah, at the the swap meet. Yeah. So Greg, I had to tell you about something. Uh oh. I don't want to get you too excited. Uh oh. But I'm promising you that I'm going to finish it. It may take a while, but I was flipping on. I was scrolling through HBO Max, and they Babylon five. They added oh. Babylon five. Oh. And I. Uh, the Lynn just died. Oh, we got to add her. We do have to add her. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, but uh, I I started the first episode, and I, I remember the first season being a bit of a chore. But then after that, it gets a lot better. So, but I'm going to start from the beginning. I'll, I'll give you a full review when I finish the series. Five seasons, I think. There's, there's five seasons, and there's a couple of movies that you should probably watch that should be on there too. The finish watching that first for Greg because you've already started it. But you need to watch Firefly after that. I've saw. I started that. I didn't like it. But you like the movie, right? I, I did like the movie, and I I, st- I watched a few episodes of the show, and I just was not a fan. You finished Battlestar Galactica, didn't you? I did. Remember, we yeah, talked yeah, about we did, how yeah. I was disappointed in the ending of it. Um, but uh, I, I was I I wanted to like Fire. I know you all y'all love it, and I like the movie. I like Serenity a lot, and I like See, the actors in what it. What I find about the show though is that, especially with the hype that's built up from it, like the movie is a. Is them like the first season of the show is the first season of a show, and the movie is it fleshed out? Yeah, I feel like if they could have, like, I'd have probably stayed with it had they kept making it. It probably would have got really, really good. It was back then when I was like, True Intelligence Force should be James Bond. Yeah, but now he's getting a bit older. Yeah, now everybody's talking about this Bridgerton dude. He's good, but I mean, like the few people that they talked about back then, like when they were talking about getting a like a black guy to play James Bond, all the ones that they talked about back then are now getting too old, like Idris Elba. Chiwetel Ledger Four. I mean, there's still some people are still talking about David Oyelowo. I think he'd, he'd be good. I mean, Idris Elba is still gorgeous as hell. He is. He don't look not, old. But yeah, but he's not. I don't. He's not James Bond right now. I like the. No, I, li- so. I like the crazy rich Asians guy. The Henry yeah, Henry Golding. I like him. A good one. Yeah. Um. So, did we talk about Bridgerton yet? John uh, talked I about. I talked about it a little bit. I mean, Sandra's obsessed. Yeah. So uh, it's by the. Creators of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. It's a Shondaland. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I mean, Seriously, it's like, it's like it's not that's really the only. Re- it, I, you know, I watch those those stuff, anything on Netflix. But when I found out it was by the Grey's Anatomy people, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna I'll, watch look, this. I'll say this for Shonda Rhimes, and it's because like Heather watches Grey's Anatomy. Like she puts on, she's trying to catch up to the season she's missed. But uh, Shonda Rhimes is a good showrunner. Yeah, and, and the I mean, difference I'd say with Grey's Anatomy versus ER is like Shonda was not like science. Well, no, but that's the thing. Like it's it's focuses more on the relationships where ER had a doctor that was writing the show, like created the yeah, show. Yeah, and exactly. And I mean, and this show, I mean, she's the showrunner, but it's based off a series of books. Maybe. It's not, it's it's probably not your thing. I mean, honestly, well, I love The Crown. Is it something similar to that? No. No. Oh, well, fuck. You that. know what? It kind of the trailers remind me of, and I've only watched the first episode, but it reminds me of Dickinson on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, it's 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 a much like younger group, and it's it's the whole like season of them, you know, all getting the, the getting presented to the court and everything about who's going to marry which dukes and all that stuff. And it's it's just all about all of these girls trying to find who their husband's going to be, and everybody's sleeping with everybody else. And is yeah. there a Lord McShick shit pants or no. a Lord McSteamy? Or? It's, no. it's very scandalous. It's I mean, very, it's very scandalous sh- things to go on. 
It's fine. I mean, I came that day when I said we watched the first two episodes of it. I was like, it was pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to finish watching it. When I went home later, Karen had already watched the next two episodes. And I sat there and kind of watched it with her. And I just said, what happened? And she told me in about 30 seconds what happened. And then I was kind of playing on the iPad. And I finished the series, the, the show. And I was like, okay, it was fine. I didn't miss anything out of those two episodes. Do you think that guy should be Bond? He's very good. Yeah, he's good. He's very... Is he hot? He's oh, very, oh, he's very he's hot. Gorgeous. He's dreamy, man. <laughs> but he's a... Uh, very, you know, debonair, suave. I mean, we've only seen him in the one thing, though. Yeah. Too. So, ironically, I have this little routine that I do when I go to pick up my kids. I usually have to get there about an hour before he gets out, just so I get a good spot in line. Yeah. And I always pick a certain show to watch while I'm in line. I guess I should have picked something like that, but instead, of, I decided to start rewatching The Tiger King while I'm waiting in line. Mm-hmm. It's one been thing, about a year. One thing, because uh-huh. I know you're probably not going to watch Bridgerton, and this doesn't really give anything away, but it's kind of funny, is he... He, he gets with this girl. He marries this girl. Um, and he tells her that he cannot have children before they do it. And the reason you know, because they show flashbacks, his father was such, like, an evil asshole. Like, when his father was on his deathbed, he, like, vows that, like, you know, because he's a, he's a duke. He said, your name's going to end with me. I'm not going to have any more children or whatever. And so all this that you care about, you know, it's going to go away. So in all the scenes when they're, like, having sex... She's never had sex with anybody before. Oh, so we, I saw this one with and like, and, and like every time they're about to finish, he like just kind of like pulls up, and you see him like kind of go over on the side, and he's like making all of these faces and stuff. And she's like, "Does that hurt when you do that?" And like, what happens? He's like, "No, it's not, it's okay." <laughs> it's like, and he yeah. doesn't want to tell her that he's he can have children. He just is not going to have children. Was he not aware of precum? I mean, this is I mean, this is the eighteen hundred. Oh yeah, I guess so. You know, they're, yeah. they're pretty. We, cool. we didn't have it's, these. It's kind they, of funny. They thought leeches cured everything. We, we didn't have these fancy birth control methods. <laughs> like pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nor- nice, dirty work reference. Yeah. He runs in the corner. I mean, just do it on yeah. her stomach like a normal guy. Speaking yeah. of taking chances, the she Queen's doesn't know. <laughs> the Queen's Gambit is a show that uh, I come watched. on, John. Nobody else has watched this, right? Come on, John. You got to convince all of us to watch a show about a chess player. I, I want to watch it. Well, why it's, haven't it's, you? It's very okay I've, I've because it's about chess. That's why I love chess. Yeah, but not that much. Did you watch Searching for Bobby Fischer? I did. Hmm. You know, but when, when you watch the, the one chess, with uh, with I, Toe, I, no, 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 no. Here. I believe I believe that you do, and I believe everyone like a lot of people chess like chess. But uh, you know, I I just I feel like this is one of those things that you got to convince people to watch. There is, there is a difference between. You know, liking chess and like enjoying playing chess. Like you know, you and I used to play chess, Greg, all the time. Like on a, yeah. you know, on the phone or, who's, or whatever. Who's better? John's probably better. But but I mean, when you watch this, it's like all these people. There's like the Queen's Gambit is the name of like a certain style that you like. You start out with like a certain like opening move. They they call them openings. And there's apparently novels of all these not novels, but like big books and textbooks of all these different chess strategies that all have different names. There's one that's yeah. called the Sicilian. There's one that's all of these. All these different things, and like everybody, all the these. Sicilian is, is made famous by uh, sweet potato parmesan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and all of these people in all these tournaments, I mean, they all study this stuff, and like, and it's they. I mean, I would, you know, I could never compete in anything like that. But um, the show is about a girl who's possibly on the spectrum a little bit. She's and she's a uh, she finds herself in a orphanage. Does it take place like in current times? No, it's like in the fifties. Okay. Um, it's still, well. It starts in the fifties, um, and she's an orphan in an orphanage, and they give her they give them these pills, and one of the pills is uh, like a sedative, and there's another girl that's been in the orphanage for a little bit longer, and she says, you know, the green pill it's better if you take it at night. It helps it helps you sleep or whatever if you take it at night. So she starts like hiding it, and she takes this pill at night before she goes to sleep, and she goes downstairs to do some into the basement to do like to 
clap out the erasers or something like that for the uh, off the chalkboard. And the janitor's down there, and he's got a chessboard. And she slowly kind of talks him into teaching her how to play chess. And, like, she sees it like some of these Bobby Fischer people type see it, where they can see... 20 moves ahead and all this stuff like Will Hunting explains about something. yeah and she'll be thinking about it and they should like she's like she's in bed and she kind of asks other people if they see things like this and everybody thinks she's crazy but she takes this pill and she'll sit there in bed and like all the chess pieces just kind of appear to her like on the ceiling and she can like do like go through an entire chess match in her head while she's doing this and as she gets a little bit older she does get adopted and the, the dad that adopts her just leaves her and the, and the mom there and they don't have a whole lot of money and she says that she wants to go in this chess tournament and there's a, a pr- cash prize and the mom doesn't want her to do it so she gets in touch with the old janitor and says it's five dollars to sign up for this and it's a hundred dollar prize if i win can you loan me the money and i'll you know i'll pay you back and he sends her the five dollars and she does it and the mom finds out that she wins this kentucky like state chess thing and says oh maybe she can actually she is really good at this and kind of starts believing in her and becomes like her manager and she starts kind of touring the country and going to all these just different chess tournaments and uh as she gets older, she's like going more and more into it, and she meets all these different people that are chess champions and learning different things. And she goes all over the world playing chess. And this her, doesn't sound good. So it's it's very good. And you're not the only. I mean, everyone I've talked did, to did says Mad it, Men sound good when we. It doesn't, and it's like I don't think. See, I think Mad Men sound sounded interesting. I just it's Mad Men was one of those shows. This was be, before streaming services when I missed the beginning of it, so I felt like I couldn't jump right in. And she and she she finds herself like dealing with. She sees things better in her head, and she can kind of concentrate a little bit more when she starts taking any kind of pills or getting drunk. But she also realizes that it's also kind of like fucking her up when she does that. So she's kind of fighting like substance abuse while she's trying to be this chess champion. I mean, it's so it's similar to the wizard with Fred Savage. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she has the power glove. No, not not. But not wasn't wasn't he on the spectrum? Switch out chess for Super yeah. Mario Brothers three. But but two people that are in it that are like different chess champions that she like befriends and help her out. One of them is the the kid that played uh, Dudley Dursley, mm-hmm. and he, it's really weird seeing him not a total asshole. And then the other one who wears like a cowboy hat the entire time is the kid the kid from uh, from Love Actually that was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. And Dudley freaked me out in that that depressing movie we watched. What the hell was it with the? Uh, oh, where he was the crazy preacher. Yes. Um, devil all the time. Yes. And then, but he was, was, all, he was in the he was the in the old, old guard, guard too. Right? Remember, he was like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he's been, in, he's been in a few things lately. But he he looks creepy. He doesn't. He, he looks kind of creepy. He's he's, he's going to get typecast the rest of his life as a villain. He's he's not a villain in this, and he, was he very, he's very good. In really? This. Yeah. Good for him. When you first meet him, he seems like he's kind of a jerk, but he's because it's Dudley. Yeah, but he's. He's just kind of cocky, I guess, at first. But it's it's a very good movie. I mean, very good, very good show. It's and it's a limited series, seven forty-five minute to an hour long episode. Um, Maybe I'll watch. I mean, yeah. everyone says it's great. You're I mean, not Karen and I started it a few days ago. We finished it last night. I mean, it's pretty. Okay. Cedric Diggory is he your boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I found a list of uh, like twenty documentaries on Netflix that like that you should watch, and I went through them, and I, one caught my eye. So I watched the first episode. It's a six-episode series. Um, it's called Time, the Khalif Browder story. And this story, uh, even the, like the first episode kind of sets everything up and tells you an overview of the tale, and I can't wait to see what the next ones are going to be like. But basically in 2010 in New York, um, there was a kid named Khalif Browder. He was 16 years old. And he was uh, arrested because someone accused him of stealing their backpack. Uh, and in New York, it's one of two states where you can – you, that where everyone is tried as an adult at 16, uh, North Carolina being the other one. Well, Khalif Browder comes from an area in the Bronx where, like, you're ba- he was born into the system. So basically, like, his mom 
was a foster mom and she had all these these kids uh and you know his dad left so there there was you know a lot of uh of, of angst and turmoil um but he didn't steal this kid's backpack the kid actually like like told to changed the story several times and it was this whole big thing so the cops uh arrested him and held him uh and when they placed the bond the bond was three thousand dollars um and yet they had to play 900 up front so they went to the bail's bondsman and then they realized that when he was a kid uh, a few years back there was some kind of thing he did with his friends that they put him he pled guilty with probate and got probation for it as a result of that they couldn't release him on bail so he had to wait for the trial to come and the kid spent three years in rikers island Wow. That wow. doesn't seem right. And eventually his case was dismissed. So that's the, the story as it is right now. The first episode is about them kind of setting up what his life was like. Uh, they show video from the prison and how horrible Do you, do you remember, uh, is this new or is it? Um, I think it's relatively new. They interview, like, uh, within the past year at the very least. But okay. Like, they interview uh, like Jay Z's in it and uh, and uh, Al Sharpton. They interview. It's a it's very timely because it kind of speaks to a lot of what Black Lives Matter is talking about and, and 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 other people. They actually interview some cops too and talk about how the procedures are. Like you know, there's there's defense attorneys they talk to and like the public defenders. Like a public defender is an overworked person who their main task is to get the cases cleared. It's not like they don't want to help, but it's like they can't. Yeah. They're overworked and they talked about uh, the stop and frisk law and things like that. That it's in extremely compelling and this kid he talks about how he gets out because they didn't know what to do with him so he spent like he, a thousand days in, in Rikers Island 700 days in solitary confinement Jesus. if I remember correctly like it, 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 it's enough to mess you up he says he go he goes home and he uh, he just some of the things he see it keeps him up at nights he's trying he's like I want to be like these people I see in the street going to work and doing something you know with their lives like, but I can't focus I can't you know and it, it, it so but where I'm at right now, like his attorney, he found an attorney to kind of you know, you were thinking they're talking about the deposition and how a deposition is basically designed to break you down, and they have his entire child record. This is all just in the first one episode. This is all in the first Damn. episode. It's it's incredible, and it's like six episodes. It's six episodes. Wow. Okay. Um, I would highly recommend watching it. There's a lot of other documentaries, and I'm probably gonna work my way through on this list, but this one, like when I read the the initial like blurb of it yeah. which had less than what I'm telling you now I'm like oh that's interesting enough to watch it when, I, when we got finished with the first episode I'm like I want to watch more but we gotta go to bed Yeah. did you ever watch Making a Murder? I have not no I haven't seen that either and I want to see Making a Murder yeah. I want to see the one Greg's talking about and I want to see them Ripper did you see those? that's a newer one that's on there I started it and I, it? I, it, it didn't grab me oh really? Well, okay. this one I thought of you John when I, when I watched it because of the, the legal aspect yeah. of it it's a fascinating look at the legal system and one of the things they uh Van Jones is on it. I interview him, and they talk about how, you know, the thing is, like in those depositions, it's like if we admit that we made a mistake, you know, if in the legal profession, if they admit that they made this mistake, then it you calls into question everything, and that's one of the the, the sticking points with why there's such animosity in the legal system. And it, it's that's why you should watch Making Your Murderer. Yeah. Uh, but Spycraft. Okay, so yeah, I watched the first three episodes of this. This is a documentary series on Netflix. I want to say this just came out like maybe a week week ago or so. Um, this is really an interesting show because it's all about kind of like real-world spies and the different um, aspects of being a spy and like the history of different spying things. And um, the episodes are broken up into um, different aspects of the... 
guess the espionage culture the first episode that i saw was all about surveillance and um you know how, like the history how you know it started off with um you know tapping phone calls and stuff like that and it goes all up until till today with like uh, rfid chips and stuff like that the second episode was very interesting it was about assassinations and um just different uh methods different countries and covert things have used in the past to to kill people without you know covertly it's a lot of like poisonings and stuff there was a really crazy one that i kind of forgot about with um kim jong-un where he had his brother executed because he went to disneyland yeah. like he went to he went to tokyo disneyland and they said that embarrassed the family and they hired like these two Vietnamese women in a train station and told them they were on like a reality show. Yep. Like, punked. They they pr- poked him. Well, they they said that they wanted to uh, like spread like mayonnaise or something on his face. And the two of them like because they showed the the surveillance video. One just runs up behind them and smears a bunch of stuff on his face, and then a second one does and smears a bunch of stuff on their face, and they run away laughing. And it was like some sort of a compound chemical when mm-hmm. it was combined. He ended up dying in like twenty minutes. And I the saw two girls that. Were fine. I don't remember what. It might have been a documentary about uh, North Korea I saw where they yeah. showed that. I mean, there's footage of it. Yeah. You can see it plain as day. It's yeah. crazy. And then um, there's a bunch of stuff with things that people like Vladimir Putin's head killed. Lots of, that's a lot of like... The little prick that you walk by. Like in a, it'll be like a... I've seen the different things where they have like on a ring or something else. And it's just like a tiny little the, tack almost. The, the, one, that, the one that really stuck with me, they talked about this guy. And I think he was just like one of his political like... Right. It was somebody that criticized him, and he was living in the UK. And they took a piece of palladium out of yep. a nuclear bomb, and they said, like, if you open up, like, a sweet and low packet, imagine one grain of the sweet and low. That's the amount of palladium they put in this guy's tea. And they said as soon as he drank it, he was basically a walking dead guy, and they were able to track every single where he went because he left a radioactive trail everywhere. Whoa. Yeah. And until That's until bond until, shit. until he died, Jesus. But I mean, there's all these. It's like the history of all these like gas guns where they would walk up to these people and just spray cyanide in their face. And it's it, that one was very compelling. And then the third one, Putty, you're gonna enjoy this one. It's called Sexpionage, and it's like the history of all these female spies seducing people for like their secrets and stuff. And it's it's just it's a very interesting show. I mean, it's and the episodes are only maybe a half hour each. So, I mean, this one's easy to fly through, and it's, I just found it very interesting stuff. I mean, it's, uh, especially from, like, a history standpoint, just when it goes back to a lot of stuff that was developed in the Cold War and stuff, it's just, it's interesting. Speaking of interesting, I can now confirm that I will continue and finish WandaVision after watching the fourth episode, Yeah, uh, which came out this past week. The fourth episode takes a break from the normal sitcom interest. thank god been ha- yeah which the title us- of this episode is we interrupt this program right and it's the the entire episode is what catches us up to what's been happening on the other side of it and, and it I, answers a lot i gotta tell you something like uh my sister called me last night because she wanted to talk about wandavision she watched she binged the first three she hadn't seen it at all and i'm realizing that there's no in between with this show like she loved the whole thing like she thought the first two episodes were great i'm like I don't understand. Like it was just like episodes of Bewitched or something. That's why it was so good. And I'm like, I mean, they they it, it's clear that some people really did get it. I, I just wasn't one of them. But thankfully, the whole series won't just be like that. You know what this episode reminded me of? There was an episode of Lost, and it was all about the people in the tail section. And I think it was called like the other 28 days or something. And yeah. it was like, and it kind of went up to the well the point. 
there's a couple things which again I can, we can argue about what choices writers make and whatnot. Ultimately, we have what we have, but like what someone said about the the establishment of of Monica Rambeau's uh, blip. Right, and should we talk get in the spoilers? Um, I mean, we don't honestly at this point. I think I, I'll. I tell mean, you're like, talking about the blip stuff. I mean, that's the very beginning. Yeah, I know. That's not really that. I mean, we all I mean, I thought that about, was. I was talking about the end of the episode. If y'all wanted to get well, in. no, I'm, yeah, like I, I, I'll basically I, I'll say this. Like, if you haven't seen it, um, or if you haven't if you haven't been spoiled yet, you know, uh, we're gonna try to dance around it a bit. But like, it, it very it very clearly established, which you kind of already know. It's it's not like it's not a reality. Like that, this is something that, that is, right. is going on elsewhere, and okay. it can't be really spoiled for us because the posters are out but we get the returns of a couple of characters from the MCU correct um, including uh, Kat Dennings Darcy yes and we also get Jim Halpert um, Randall uh, Randall Park plays Jimmy Woo yeah from uh, from Ant-Man so and then you get Rambo yeah and you get Monica Rambo so like we have this this like these people trying to figure out what's going on in Westview and uh, as John said it opens with uh, Monica Rambo's um I guess point of view with the blip. That yeah. was amazing. That was the first time we've seen the. I guess I don't them know. Them coming back. Them coming. Well, in. we saw little clips in Spider Man from like the home movie, like the video of that high school like basketball game. But I mean, it was just very, yeah. very quick. This was. I thought it was amazing the way yeah. they did that. That whole opening. I was like, this is, this is fantastic. That was great. Um, yeah. I mean, this is. Uh, and I mean, I. I it, there's the thing about WandaVision that I love, and maybe that's just because I'm lazy. They're short. So it's like I wasn't that upset that I didn't enjoy the first two because I was like, they're short episodes. I'm going to stay with it and see where it goes because it's it's Marvel. And this is what I was hoping. Episode four is what I was hoping for yeah, with this show. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, like y'all said, the, the return of these, these characters that we know, kind of the um, – I've heard somebody compare the – Agent Wu and Darcy is kind of like a Mulder and Scully. Oh, I like that. That's that's kind of. Cool. Or someone even said that would be a fun spinoff if they had them two like going around investigating. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious things. to see like what, what if they have bigger plans for Darcy's character and you know and Agent Wu because like the th- this is a really cool. It almost reminds me of like the the comic Gotham Central, where it's like the 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 street level version of these people looking up at at uh, this, these crazy things that are happening. So it's an interesting point of view. Um, but also, like, with all the weirdness that's been happening on the other end of it. All right. Yeah. You're, I mean, so, not to get into spoilers, but do y'all have theories about what the hell is going on? I, I mean, I, they mentioned specifically, like, a certain kind of cosmic radiation that's been... Influenced. I think that there's, there's, like, insinuations that this is how mutants are going to kind of become a thing. But I think that Wanda's grieving, and her expression of grief is to do this so she's thing. created a, a world for herself and it's yeah that makes that's the simplest and probably most logical answer so or when she i mean because she she blipped as well i mean it could be that this is what was going on when she came out of the the blip i mean this is she came right into this well i mean if you think about it the way that the beginning set up where she just thought she dozed off if you look at it from wanda's point of view like vision died she killed him he was brought back he died again she went away and then woke up and immediately went into this battle. So, I mean, she literally just lost Vision mm-hmm. from her point of view. And I saw something where it said that WandaVision takes place before Spider-Man Far From Home. 
I don't know if that. I mean, they might. They probably take place. I don't know why that matters. The same time, I, but I, I read that. I don't know why that would matter as far as like yeah. what the story is. But I just. But I mean, Far From Home is a little while after the blip. The blip happened, right? And they're all back. But I mean, in this, it's episode four, and it's just. Like I'm wondering. Well, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm episode four. I'm led to believe. Well, like, I mean, yeah, it time has passed because like she, like they even say that she's on probation at Sword because of her mom's protocol for people to come back. So I don't think it like she. She's just like I've got the impression that time has passed from her blipping back into. Okay, I, I didn't think it was like much time had passed though. I mean, like they just—I feel like they probably just had the the battle and everything, and then. Yeah, we'll probably yeah. find that. Yeah, I don't know. I, really I, I have heard a lot of theories about a character from Marvel called uh, Agatha Harkness. Yes, and if you put Agatha Harkness kind of together, it forms Agnes, which is Catherine Hahn's character. Yeah, so. By the way, just a little tidbit. I have been rewatching the MCU from the very beginning, and I want to give a shout out to Disney Plus for creating the skip credits feature, because we all know I hate the end credit scenes. So now I can just press this button and skip all the credits and go right to the important scene after the credits. Well, that's a that is a perfect segue. Apparently, originally in Endgame, there was supposed to be a scene that would have set up Wandavision. Really? Yeah, I saw that. Well, it was like because I saw Paul Bettany mention he was upset they didn't do it because. He didn't get payment for Endgame because he wasn't in it at all. Yeah, it was basically like they were going to show Vision's corpse in like a morgue drawer and Wanda opening it up. Which is, again, further reason why I th- it's her grieving process. Like, like she was there. She, she, I don't think she went immediately into this, but like it's her like, you know, you took everything from me. Do you, mm-hmm. you think the thing that really put her over the edge is him saying, I don't even know who you are? It's my I, favorite no, moment of Endgame. But, but, like, in all seriousness, mm. no, that's the thing. Like, it's a, such an important moment to her and to him. It's nothing. It reminds me, ironically enough, of Raul Julia's speech in, uh, in Tree Fighter. <laughs> Jesus. But, but, no, like, seriously, like, that, like, you say a lot about that movie, but Raul Julia is not a one bad thing about it. But when he says, uh, he's like, you know, to, to, you know, to you, the, us coming into the village that day was the worst day of your life, but to me it was a Tuesday. And it had to mean like like this important thing to you. This this person's never gonna gonna hey, care about what happened to you. Hey Bison, I'm the Ripper man. Your ass is three days overdue. <laughs> now who wants to go home? <laughs> who wants to come with me? Yeah, it's not a good movie. No, at, not at, all. at all. But um, all right. So I guess spoiler alert. We're, I just want to mention something about the very end of this episode that creeped me the hell out. So oh, um, yeah. is. Vision's dead ass corpse walking around this town, you think? And she's controlling him like freaking Pinocchio. Wait, what am I missing here? At the end of the episode, she's talking. Before to she like snaps back into her like WandaVision like character when she and was he, like. He's like all gray and he's got the big hole in Oh, and head. she freaks out first split second? And then she like goes back to. Right. So it, does she have his corpse just walking around like that scene when they. I, I, that's what I think. In, she, in, in season two when they were getting it on, was she like. She reanimated him? Yeah. So is like Vision's dead corpse walking around this whole time. I hope so. This is completely off topic, but what you just said just remind me of something. So you know, I work in a in the the legal profession. We had this guy come in the other day, this kind of crazy old man, and he wants a will done, and he wanted a specific clause in his will that all the people are getting these these things, or whatever, but they're not allowed to do anything for at least thirty days after he dies in case he reanimates. Hey, I just, I just <laughs> love that Glenn has a theory that Wanda made a fuckbot. <laughs> Which, speaking of which, like... I mean, wouldn't you if you had her abilities? I mean... I mean, she's arguably the most powerful person in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. 
Which we were talking the other day. The, the subject of the Alabama crab dangle came up. We were talking. With what Mark. the hell is that? It's a it's a sex move made popular by Leon Phelps from the Ladies Man. But I found one called the Al- the Alligator Fuckhouse. You found a sex move. I, I went through. We went through different funny. Does that involve a knuckle? Sex positions. <laughs> I think this, that's mine. So this is what you're gonna love. Like Heather was crying, laughing. We're gonna love this move. This is hilarious. The the alligator fuckhouse is when you are engaged in, in an act, and one of the members of the, of the act, prior to, to climaxing, bites the other one on the shoulder and throws them into a death roll and flips them around. Like Crocodile Dundee? Yes! Wow. Well, shouldn't that be a crocodile fuck? But, but, well, you know, hey, alligator do a death <laughs> roll that, that, that doesn't sound good. I don't like and, that. And, and the ladies, man, it was, I don't remember if it was in the show. Was it in the movie or was it in one of the episodes? I don't know if it was in the show. And he talks about something that's called the Alabama Crab Dangle, and he doesn't say what it is, but he says it's never been done. Yeah. It's only theoretical. <laughs> you want to know what it is? <laughs> No, I don't no, think I we think should. Good. Well, I mean, I guess somebody else besides him made up a made up the. the yeah, I don't. That's why I don't think it's legitimate. It's, yeah, it's probably the internet came up with what it really is. I don't want to hear what the internet thinks. I want Leon Phelps to tell me what it exactly. is. Exactly. I'll call Tim Meadows immediately. Okay. So, but it's, yeah. you know, it's but it's, see, but episode four, one division, highly yeah, recommend. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's it's the little things. It brings us to the next. And uh, if you if you've done Glenn's thing with three episodes and you're like, eh, I'm still not really sold. Glenn's, give, give it the Glenn's theory is solid because yeah, the is. first two I was ready to give up, and but the, the third, third one, one it drew me in. It drew me in at the end, right? But, but if you were still thinking, I still don't really know, watch the fourth one and you'll be sold. You're a smart motherfucker. You are. That's I got right. my moments. That's right. Three <laughs> episodes. <laughs> the little things. Oh boy. Okay. Um, the metric system. I am like, this movie. All right. It got released in theaters and HBO Max simultaneously. Uh, so convince me to watch this because I've heard good things and bad things. I wanted to watch. It. I just right. I, I didn't have enough. Time. Serial killer film about uh, with uh, Denzel Washington. Three Academy Award winners. Three, three. Arguably, you could make the statement that these three are the top within the top twenty actors in the world today. Yeah. Maybe sure. maybe top ten. I don't know. Denzel Washington, Jared Leto, and Rami Malek. Malek. And this movie, they've been trying to get this made since like the early 90s. And you can tell, because it takes place in the 90s. It takes place in 1991. Oh. Um, so, no, no, originally it was Steven Spielberg was attached to direct it, and then Danny DeVito was attached to direct it. And, and it, it kind of feels like it went through some rewrites. It does feel that way. Like, um, So it's, a, it's about a serial killer. Um, Rami Malek plays the investigator who's the head investigator, and... There are some Denzel Washington sort of plays like a kind of a disgraced cop who used to be a, a, a homicide detective, and he's now just a sort of like a beat cop, and he ends up having to do a, a basic chore to go to the the head office and I don't know pick up something. But he's not like he's not with LAPD anymore. He's like just with some like some county, county in California, and he's just like a deputy. So while he's there, he he bumps into Rami Malek, and the two of them kind of like Rami Malek's character is kind of intrigued by him. He's heard of him. And it's sort of wanting to pick his brain about this case. So he keeps sort of orchestrating ways to run into Denzel Washington and talk to him about what's going on, asking him to come along when they get a call and things like that. And there are some similarities in the current serial killer and one that Denzel Washington had when he was a detective back, I don't know how many years ago it was. They never really specify um, when he got disgrace we don't really know because the movie keeps flashing back and forth and basically through the investigation they come across a prime suspect that they believe is jared leto's character but they don't have solid evidence a lot of it is all circumstantial i mean really circumstantial and they sort of bend the rules a little bit to try and get more evidence 
And then that's just sort of where the movie takes off. I don't want to go, go into it because... See, here's the thing about this film. The end. I was Somebody I know saw it, and they told me that they tried... They, it's one of those movies. They try to figure out the end, and they were like, I had no idea uh, the end... Didn't, I wasn't expecting the end the way it was. So I thought that meant, oh, we're going to get... crazy twist. crazy twist. No, it's sort of like... Uh, I guess the best way I could put it, it's like real life, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, so here's my opinion of this movie. You could not have found three better actors, and all three of them are at the top of their game, especially yep. Jared Leto. Yeah. But... I give them props for trying something new. It just wasn't executed right. It was really, really slow. And it just, it turned, it, it's more of a psychological drama than a suspense serial killer thriller. And it just, it didn't, it was close. But I felt like the it, it was missing something. Something was without, off. The best way I can describe it without giving anything away Towards the end of the movie, it brings up questions that you weren't expecting it to bring up and answers those questions and doesn't answer the question you wanted it to answer. Yeah. That's about it. That's not spoiling up. anything. Yeah. Right? It was, yeah, it was three excellent performances. Here's the thing, though, and we talk about not going to spoilers. Do you think people would be less upset if they knew what the spoiler thing was before they started watching it? That you you know about that, what, what doesn't, you, what, you don't. <laughs> Because I, I kind of, it was, uh, I was. Because I feel like I could say something right now that wouldn't necessarily be a spoiler, but it's, I can tell you what you don't find out at the end of the movie. And, and that's know, the thing I think that people would going upset. into it would be upset yeah. by the time they got to the end. So yeah. you think we should just go ahead and say it? So here, here it um, is. I don't know. It's, you, you two haven't seen it. What do you What do you think? Would you want us to say it or would you? are you interested in seeing the movie? I'm curious to see it. I, I'm, I mean, I was going to watch the movie. Okay. Would you would you rather say it or would you rather not say it? I mean, you said it's a it's a it's a it's it's a major spoiler, but I feel like well, it's some, it, it, okay. it it hits some. Yeah. Here's the and I'm not going to say it, but here's the reason why I only brought it up. I feel like by saying it, it might you go into the movie with a different point of view of what they're trying. Right, to here's do. Here's what I say: This movie just came out on Friday. Maybe I'm going to try to watch it. Good. Maybe, maybe we'll revisit this. We'll revisit yeah. it. And maybe a couple weeks down the road after it's been out for a while, people have a chance to see it. Then we'll get into the. But if I had to grade it, I'd probably give it like a borderline 5.5. I'd give it a little more than that. I'd give it like a 6.5, I think. I mean, the uh, acting is fantastic. Keep in mind, it's on HBO Max right now, but it's one of the ones that got released in theaters and HBO Max at the same time. So it's only going to be on HBO Max for like 30 days. And really? Yeah, and that's the same oh, thing. Really? That Wonder Woman is the same thing. Yeah, Wonder I didn't Woman, know that. Yeah, I, yeah know I, I think Wonder Woman. I think it's gone. I don't think it's on a HBO Max anymore. It's fucking gone. It's fucking gone. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's an interesting. It, it's not one of my favorite serial killer movies. Hint, hint. But it, it. I appreciate movies that go into a genre that is. I don't know to say predictable, but like serial killers, romantic comedies. And they try something new. So I'll give them props for trying something different with this. I just felt like they could have executed a little bit better. Yeah. And there you go. I agree. All right. Um, outside the Wire. I don't know what that is. Okay. So I think I'm the only one to watch this. Um, it's a Netflix movie. It's a Netflix original movie starring uh, Anthony Mackie. And it takes place in the near future. I want to say it was like 2030 something like that. Oh, the, um, oh, I know what you're talking about now. 
And, uh, a lot of people are talking about this movie. Yeah, and it's the the main character is uh, I forget the kid's name, but he's the star of um, the. I gotta look it up. What was the show about the drugs that came on the on FX? Oh, Snowfall. Snowfall. The one that kind of looked like Walt from Lost. Yes, but it's not. But it's not right. Him. Yeah. Um, he's the main character of it. In the beginning of the movie, he's he's a drone pilot in the Air Force, and he's apparently been doing it for a while. And there's a situation going on where he's got a drone flying over this uh this kind of scene where there's all this uh this fight there's a like a kind of a terrorist I guess there with all his guys and he's got a bunch of U.S. troops pinned down and two of the troops are wounded and the rest of the men can't get to him and they see uh, a truck pull up that's gonna be gonna be something that's going to wipe out all the uh, all the troops there and he says do I have permission to fire and they say it's gonna kill the two troops that are already wounded but it will save the uh, all the rest of them and they deny his permission to take it out. And he decides to just say, "Screw it! I'm I'm going to save 38 people, and you know, two to save 38." And he does it anyway. He gets court-martialed, and as a punishment, he gets sent to the front lines to go with this this new captain, um, the, just called Captain Leo, who Anthony Mackie plays. And Is he you, a deputy, or no, not Deputy Leo, Captain Leo. And he finds out very quickly that Anthony Mackie is not a human. He is a He's kind of like an android. And I should have mentioned earlier, there are also these other robotic uh, soldiers that go out there, which I don't know if they ever say what it stands for, but they call them all gumps. And they just go out on me, and they're clearly robots, but they go out and, you know, they're kind of the ones that they sent out to save the humans um, from, uh, from, you know, from getting killed on the front lines. So, but he's clearly not a gump. And he's, uh, he's very advanced. He just looks like a human being, but he's very skilled, very smart, and he uh, he gets this kid to kind of go with him, and he gets him to go out on this mission, and they're trying to find some uh, intel on these nuclear weapons that have been taken, and I don't want to get too much more into it than that, but they kind of go out together, and it's okay. It's not. I feel like it's very derivative. It's got a lot of iRobot in it, a little bit of Terminator, and maybe some, you know, maybe some other kind of robot stuff. But and what was the name of that show with Carl uh, Urban, that, where he had the robot partner? I know what you're talking about. Is it something like Almost Human or something, something like, like that? that? Yeah. And it's good. Anthony Mackie's good in it, and the kid's very good in it. But it's just, and it's a good action movie, I guess. One of the, the one of the main bad guys is the guy that played Euron Greyjoy, which is ah. it's kind of nice seeing him be a bad guy again because he's always a fun bad guy. But it's. It's fun for a little popcorn movie or whatever, but it, it, it tries to get a little too deep for itself, and it's I don't know it, it just it kind of was derivative it, of robot. It, it, it did itself. insist upon itself. All right. So what would you give it? Uh, I'll probably give that about a five point five. Um, but the moment we've all been waiting for the main event, so to speak. Uh, Glenn watched another Cage movie, and I boy, did. do we want to hear about it. Which one? I watched The Runner. The Runner. And how I picked The Runner, I literally went to Netflix, searched for Nicolas Cage, and I watched the shortest one there was. So are we going to do this like a continuous thing? Like, or what is I mean, one I think as we watch Cage movies, we have yeah. to so talk like, about them. All right, so if, one, you, if you watch another one, we'll so, talk about it. I mean, I feel like we need to keep this going, so one of us should watch a Cage movie next week. Oh, I'm going to watch another I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm I kind of owe you guys a Cage movie. You do? So. I'm in. You, you need to watch Con Air. You need to watch Con Air. That's the best one. Actually, you, you really should. I, I do need to watch Con Air. However... I need to watch one of these other movies that like no one has seen because like if I watch Con Air and I talk to you guys about it, we're like, yeah, you see, it's a great movie. If I watch something fucking ridiculous, Comedy Con Air is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but in a good way. But I mean, like that, that I can describe because I this is this is what I am hoping is about to happen. Glenn is about to tell us something that as as he describes it, 
my eyes will get progressively bigger at how ridiculous it is. Uh, you're probably going to be disappointed. Uh-oh, oh, here we fuck. go. All right, disappoint me then, Glenn. Okay, all right, so The Runner. So this is... Uh, I picked it's, this. it's not an action movie. No, it? it's not an action so movie that's, at that's, all. That's probably the downfall and, right there. And it's a local movie. Like, they filmed it down here. This movie um, takes place in 2010, right as the BP oil spill's happening. Nicholas Cage plays Colin Price, who's a member of the House of Representatives from Louisiana, and uh, he's trying to get funding for all of these um, fishermen and everyone that has had their livelihoods messed up. I already don't want to watch it. It sounds too realistic for and, Cage. Uh, he gives this like emotional plea that's on on TV. He starts crying, saying how he's from the state of Louisiana and stuff like that. And he ends up getting all this press. And by the way, Nicolas Cage does a pretty bad Southern accent in this movie. Imagine Nicolas Cage, but trying to you with a Southern girl. Um, so uh, his wife does is. Does he call someone a hummingbird? <laughs> his wife is uh, Connie Nielsen from uh, Gladiator. <laughs> so um, they go back uh, home, and uh, he runs a lot in this movie. Hence the title, the, title runner. The, the Runner. Um, so he goes back uh, home to uh, his house in uh, in New Orleans, and unbeknownst to anyone, he's got a uh, mistress uh, who he met because she was she's a uh, cheerleading instructor at this high school, and he met her because her husband's one of the fishermen that he was meeting. And um, cast his net wide. That's correct. So uh, they end up him and his um, his little fling end up being a little. Um, uh, not not too careful while they were at Harris and they end up getting on a surveillance video and someone that works at the the Lafitte Gazette picks up this story. The, the Lafitte get, Gazette? Get the fuck yeah, out of here. The Lafitte Gazette picks this up and all of a sudden he's in he goes from being the face of like... Is their editor-in-chief a lizard man? <laughs> so, so all of a sudden he's in the, in the middle of this big sex scandal. So he starts talking to his campaign people, which are played by Sarah Paulson and Wendell Pierce. Oh, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and um, they kind of tell him, you know, um, you kind of got elected. You're, you know, you're running in a predominantly black neighborhood. It was kind of a fluke that you got elected. We don't think you're going to get reelected, so we were going to try to get you to run for Senate. You're, it's impossible for you to win now. We suggest you just kind of step out of the political thing, stay away for a few years, and then, you know, take a run at it later. So he ends up becoming like starting this nonprofit for all these fishermen, and his wife, Connie Nielsen, leaves him because of this. So he he gets a starts up a relationship with Sarah Paulson, and um, it's I mean I could see they were trying to make kind of an important movie here about okay, the, the thing the is this, you you didn't totally disappoint me because there's elements that you said that like again Lafitte Gazette. Yeah, choice. And and tell tell Greg what you told me about where where do they suggest to go eat lunch? Okay, so yeah, so there's a all right, so um, there's this thing where Sarah Paulson she was on his campaign thing and they end up having starting this affair and he calls her and they don't really say where she's from. It looks like she's from Chicago or New York or somewhere. So she flies in to see him. He picks her up at the airport and um, you know you know I'm so glad to see you. And then he's like, Are you hungry, honey? And she's like, Yeah. And he said. Well, we just got invited to a barbecue in Grand Isle. And she's like, the fishing village? And he's like, absolutely. And the next scene, they're at this like crawfish we're boil. Right. So I hope you're hungry because we're about to drive we're two and a half hours <laughs> to a barbecue. We're going to go to Grand Isle. So everything about that That's is accurate except that no one would ever drive that far for a barbecue. That's like when, when they did the airboats to go to Algiers. That's right. Ships. But yeah. at least, see, that was geographically ridiculous. 
the thing about this is no one would ever drive that far right. just to eat barbecue. But I mean, that, I mean, the cast in this was pretty impressive. Like Peter Fonda plays his dad. Um, there's just some really, considering it's a local movie, there's some weird accents in it. Um, a local actor Brian Batts in it. He was yeah. in Mad Men. It sounds too much like they were trying to make a real movie. They were. They were. You could tell they were trying to make like a very hardcore, like hard cutting film. film about the BP oil spill and about kind of politics in the South because there's a whole thing about. And maybe trying to compromise some of his values to get back into politics. I think I'll just watch Grand Isle, yeah, the, the other kinda, Nicolas Cage um, movie. This kind of reminds me of uh, Love Song for Bobby Long. It, it's a little bit. It's like a little bit long in the tooth, and it's like yeah. I mean, it's, and this it's, this it's movie is more than it's it only is. ninety minutes long. Um, and there's a couple of things which Treme every now and again was kind of guilty of this, where it just kind of beat you over the, the head. Over New Orleans is it? Yeah. Cause like you've he, never been to a second line. That's it. Next. <laughs> well, time like he um, he uh, he goes for runs a lot, and he's constantly wearing two lane shirts. And when he goes out to Grand Dolly, he's wearing his two lane hat. And it's just it's very kind of beat you over the head. You know, this is a guy from New Orleans, but um, it's not terrible, but it's not overly good. I think I'd give this maybe a four point nine. I wouldn't really recommend it. There are worse things out there. But, That's better uh, than I was expecting for a serious Cage film. Yeah, I mean, it's... No mother. <laughs> I mean, like I said, the, the cast was actually pretty impressive in it, considering, but... Um, what would the movie Mother have been like if you take out Javier Bardem and put in Nicolas Cage? Seemed normal. The greatest <laughs> film of all time. <laughs> it would have been something we made fun of a lot more instead of just kind of looking at it as a... Like, it's sort of a piece of shit. Wait, Javier Bardem, you should have known better. Nicolas Cage? Yeah, yeah it's Nicolas That's Cage. You're a mother. <laughs> You've just had my baby. You're the baby. The baby is a Christ child. <laughs> I don't know what my son tastes like to you. <laughs> uh, and now we have a very exciting event. We are going to do uh, in honor of the little things, sort of of, of, of Let, serial killers. Uh, serial killers. Look at these little things. We want to honor some serial killers. Now, uh, bear with us. This is a, this is quite the thing. We, we actually had talked. A, we we agonized. One would say over this. Yeah, we wanted to do sort of a. Uh, we've done these features in the past. I think we call them battle royals, where we sort of break these movies up into brackets, and not brackets, but categories, um, yeah. and determine the best film. But the problem is with serial killer movies. There's so many, and I don't and know. There's about, so many different types. Too. Yes. We've ruled out slasher films, so you won't see Halloween or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or stuff like that on what we're about to do. And there's a lot on some of these lists that we saw of movies that we've actually heard of and heard good things about, but we haven't seen, such as like Henry Portrait of the That's Theory. like near the top of that's every serial killer. Is it Michael Rooker? Yeah. Michael Rooker. None of us have seen it, which is probably a bad thing that we haven't seen it, but that's why he's not on this list, not yeah, because he's so not deserving. It might be deserving of being on this list, but since we none of us have saw it, we yeah. can't put it. So this is a very massive. Well, we're gonna we're gonna decide to do a bracket. We do a tournament, and uh, four films get buys, and the four films we decided get buys immediately to the second round are Silence of the Lambs, classic, Seven, yeah. Seven gets a buy, uh, American Psycho, and the original Psycho, uh, Anthony. Uh, not yeah, not Anthony Perkins. Not not yeah, not that one. Kitchen's All right. <laughs> All right. So here we go. <laughs> I'm not going to go through the, the details of which movies. I'm just going to go right to the tournament matchups. First one, the, the original stepfather with, I don't know his name, John Locke from Lost. Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn, which is in the early 80s. The stepfather versus frailty. Frailty. Well, frailty. 
Not a lot of people may know what this yeah. is. This movie, if you don't know what it is, do something. It's, a, it's written and one, directed by Bill Paxton. I don't know if it was his directorial debut or not, but it was, yeah. Uh, it's excellent, though. It's, it's amazing. Really, really With uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey and, uh, who's, and, and Powers Bill Booth. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about Powers Booth. Yeah, which is How can you forget about Powers Booth? Well, um, yeah. Bye. <laughs> I would say bye to the stepfather. Yes, yeah. I, I really I, like the original stepfather a lot, but frailty in my—it's very unique. It, it's very unique. So I think, yeah, I agree. Frailty. Okay, Red Dragon, the version with uh, the newer version with you know, Ray Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins coming back. Um, Ray Fines. Ray Fines and Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward it was directed Norton. by um, the the yeah, it's Brett, Brett Ratner, Brett Ratner right? who was a, a pariah. But I gotta say, I really like this movie. <laughs> I do too. And I who, it was excellent. Who are we going up against? It's going up against Oliver Stone's immortal classic, Natural Born Killers. Oh, maybe that makes me want to eat like uh, Elon Pie. Mickey, and, yeah, that's right. Mickey and Mallory Knox on their murder rampage through the United States. Um, and that's got Robert Downey Jr. in a great role. It's like Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. It is excellent, but I got to go with Red Dragon because, I mean, I thought, to me, in my personal opinion, we gave Silence of the Lambs a buy. Red Dragon is up there with Silence of the Lambs. That, I mean, I know uh, it's... Red, Red that's Dragon. preposterous to put it up there. It's it's good, but it's not Silence I of mean, the Lambs. I mean, it's very good. I thought Philip it, Seymour Hoffman was solid. You love his one scene. I mean, I thought, I oh, yes! Incredibly. <laughs> I, I, I make jokes about it all the time, but, like, the, his whole... Him sitting, like... Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in that chair and when showing you everything. He's like, like, see, don't you see? Yeah. You see, like, it's a crazy person. Like, I, I want to understand. Expo- <laughs> like, ex- explaining their thing. Like, it's, yeah. how do you not get this? But I, see, the reason why I don't, because because of what Glenn was saying, Glenn was laughing all the time, and I agree. Like, Seymour Hoffman's performance is kind of funny. In that it's meant scene. to break up the otherwise yeah. ridiculous tension. I'm going to vote Natural Born Killers, and we I, got. I'm vote Red Dragon. I was going to go Natural Born Killers. So that's a tie. So they both move on. All right, this is going <laughs> to. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of what street? Fleet Street. Fleet Street. Street. Tim Burton. Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. It's a musical. Versus a very forgotten film, Identity, starring John Cusack. These are good. These are good movies. I love that. Identity is the literal version of a mind fuck. Yeah. It it is. It's a a good movie. Was was Jake Busey? Was that the... However... I'm also voting. I'm voting. I'm assuming you're voting. I'm also voting Sweeney Todd. Todd. Identity is a great movie. It belongs on this list. I think everyone should watch it. But Sweeney Todd gets my vote. I'm assuming Glenn was about to say Identity. Yeah, I mean, these are both awesome. I was just going to say Identity so it didn't get swept. Just because I thought it's it's very unique. Death Proof with the legendary Kurt Russell as Stuntman Mike. Who likes to kill groups of young girls using his death-proof car? Versus <laughs> Hannibal, the sequel to Sounds of the Lambs, starring Hannibal. I liked a lot less. I didn't like Hannibal movies. that much. I liked Hannibal, I but here's why I'm voting for Death Proof. Hannibal wasn't actually trying to be a serial killer. He was just trying to get away the whole fucking mm-hmm. movie and kept getting in weird yeah. positions. I, I will say the it whole Catch Me If You Can. The whole sequence with no with Rayliota. Um, yeah. um, really that was amazing. That, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's but, good. <laughs> Eating its own it's brains. It's good, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to go Death Proof. Yeah, I'm going to have to death go with Death Proof. I just love the way that after the killings, when was it Michael Park described them, that it looked like a, I, a, a, a giant chewed them up and spit them out. That's right. I've got, I've got nothing against Julianne Moore. She's a great actress, but I feel like... I didn't. I just. I didn't like that Clarice got replaced, and I don't like her well, doing a Clarice impression. I, I agree with what you're saying, but I also agree with what they, the director, had said. Like Clarice Holy had God. changed... 
so much that it was it, it made it was okay because her character she wasn't as idealistic as she was in Silence of the Lambs. The book is massively fucking different. Yeah, I've heard that. All right, on to the next one. Now, this is an interesting film. That's very diverse with our group. Is Manhunter? I love this movie. The only thing it's I don't good. like. Oh, it's a very good movie. The only thing I don't like is the, is, is the that's not true. But the only thing I don't like about Manhunter is the score. Well, it's the musical score is very distracting. But I mean, what about the the whole Inagata Davidis scene where the the house is on fire and that song is playing for like eighteen minutes? It, it, it's it's a it's a crazy movie. It's another movie if you watch when you've it's, had it. It's Red Dragon, but it's just a yeah. You know, it's an old it's based movie. on the same it's book. Michael, it, Michael Mann did this one. Early eighties. Um, yeah, I love Manhunter. Um, I thought, what's his? I can't remember his name. The main guy, William Peterson. William yes, Peterson. I thought he was fantastic. He's very good. Um, so it's Manhunter versus Basic Instinct. A little Ooh. Catherine Trammell, little little vagina leg twirling action. Um, just to irritate you, I'm going with Basic Instinct. Okay. I mean, I was going to go with. I think Basic Instinct was a little more. It's right. a more iconic. Classic, yeah. I'm gonna vote Manhunter, but I don't. I don't. Basic Instinct. I mean, it's a good movie. Got a lot of I'm sex. Go Manhunter too. All right, so they both move on. All right. I never saw Basic Instinct two. Oh, I did, and it wasn't very good. Oh. Was Sharon Stone in it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know Sharon Stone. <laughs> Copycat with Holly Hunter and Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and the Harry Connick Jr. And the, yeah, a very great performance by Harry Connick Jr. And Monster with oh. Charlize Theron and the beautiful gotta, Christina Ricci. I'm going to go with Monster. I'm going to vote Copycat <sighs> just because if I'm basing this on the best serial killer movie... Monster is more of like a. It's a performance. Game. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Even though she is a serial killer, the copycat was more entertaining. It, it definitely. And I mean, Monster. I mean, I, if you were going just purely acting, the Monster would get this in lap copycat a couple times. Yeah. But absolutely. I mean, Monster. I watched it, and I, and I mean, it affected me. I mean, I probably wouldn't watch it again. Copycat, like John said, I think might be a little more entertaining. If for, for no reason, I voted for Copycat because I did not know the police had an amazing song called "Murder by Numbers," which I cannot believe people were like freaked out when it was released because they're talking about how great it is to murder someone in this song, and it's a damn good song. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's the police talking about murdering someone. Is that should that be a Q and A thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure it police. is. So we got. One for each so far. I'll go with copycat. I'm going to go copycat. Not by much. But yeah, exactly. All right. Copycat moves on. It's close. All right. Kiss the Girls. Little Morgan Freeman. Little shocker of two serial killers in that film. Is this one with Ashley Judd? Yes. Versus California. David Duchovny and Brad Pitt. Kiss the girls. I gotta go. I'm also gonna go kiss the girls. I'm gonna go kiss the girls too. Just because Morgan, it's hard to beat Morgan Freeman. I was gonna go California, but I'm not All right. mad. Kiss moves on. And you know, there was the second one. There was the Long Came a Spider. Long Came a Spider, which was good, but I didn't. It felt like more of a cider. Was it? Was it? Monica Potter. Yeah. 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 Long Came a Spider was more of an action movie. Actually, I didn't find it much of a serial killer. All right, next one, The Cell, which to this day will mess me up if I watch it before I go to bed. With Jennifer Lopez. Why would you watch it before you go to bed? Yeah, it's. I've done it a few times. What's wrong with you? A lot of things, but. uh Vincent D'Onofrio, I mean, he may not be the best serial killer of all time, but he's definitely the most disturbed. He's the best kingpin of all time. Yeah. Um, versus The Strangers, which, here's the thing, like, the Cells story may not be rooted in reality. The Strangers, what's terrifying about these serial killers, these motherfuckers just show up at your house and stalk you until they get into your house and, and kill you. This is going to be a tough one. I'm going to sell. Because I'm going to sell too, just because I think it's so cool that it's just it's inside the mind of a serial killer. Yeah, the serial right. killer's not actually doing anything. He's unconscious in a coma. 
And it's just inside his, his fucked up head. That weird shit with Vince Vaughn where they were pulling his intestines out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't like with that. With a little spit on the little spit. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that. I'll go with the cell. <laughs> Glenn? I think I'm going to go Strangers. All right. The cell wins. All right. Uh, a, a, a fan, a favorite amongst the awesome village, Mr. Brooks. Oh, this, oh. oh. Kevin Costner with his good, uh, I don't know, imaginary friend, um, Marshall. Marshall, played by William Hurt, and Demi Moore looking beautiful in this film. With the loudest gunshots I've yeah. ever heard in a movie theater. Um, and Dane Cook not being Dane Cook. Right. He, he was, was very good in this he movie. He was creepy as hell. This is a movie I feel like. If when I talk to people and I'm, and they tell me they haven't seen it, I immediately tell them you got to see this movie. It's 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 so good. Very forgotten. Although when they find his safe deposit box, kid, like I bet you he's got it at the bank where he's got his checking account. <laughs> yeah. So this is going up against From Hell. Oh, oh fuck you, Ryan. That's not fair. <laughs> Jesus, Johnny Depp. Both of these movies are better than the last two movies. Oh, fuck. Johnny Depp playing an investigator investigating the Jack the Ripper. Done by the the very underrated director group of the Hughes brothers, who did Dead Presidents and Menace to Society. Um, I fucking hate you right now. So, well, I mean, these oh, are is it Heather Graham. Yeah, yeah. Robbie Coltrane. Ryan's figuring something out here. Yeah, uh, there was. But anyway, y'all y'all continue your discussions. Okay. <sighs> so we got Mr. Brooks and From Hell, both. Oh. How about if I was just to beat the ever-loving shit out of you? That seems a bit extreme. That you deserve it for this fucking match. Remember when was it, was Kevin Costner the? He was the Grand Marshal of some parade, and we were just sitting there chanting, "Mr. Brooks, <laughs> Mr. Brooks." <laughs> what that. was that, Bacchus? I've, or did, I, I, I don't it was, know. It was one of the two. Uh, but I that well, what, what a day! I um, think I'm actually. I'm going to go with Mr. Brooks just because it's such a departure for Kevin Costner. And it was such, like, I don't know. I just found it a very compelling, different story about the serial killer that's trying to quit. Like, he's going to AA meetings. I'm also voting and Mr. Brooks. And how he said, you know, when he's talking to Dane Cook where he says, I, I don't kill because I like it. I have an addiction. Yeah, The main reason know. I'll vote for Mr. Brooks is because from hell, as great as it is, it is a little slow at times. It's stylistically amazing. I love both of those movies so much. I'm I'm really having trouble right now. Me too. I, uh, look, because it sounds like y'all leaning towards that, I'm going to go with From Hell. Okay. Um, Because I I, I love both of these movies. I'm going to say From Hell too. All right. All right, so give us, give us the next choice, next, you bastard. All right, I mean it's it, the the matchups were kind of randomized, so I mean I admit Mr. Brooks and from Hell, but they both move on, so they both they're both winners, they both get participation trophies. It's all right, Greg. All right, the Bone Collector, Denzel Washington, Denzel Washington, Angelina Jolie. I never saw did it. Did they try to make a TV series out of this? They did. Yeah. I believe uh, Denzel Washington can't walk in this movie. Is he paralyzed? He's. he's I think. A, I think he's a quadriplegic. I think he's like yeah. in a bed, like just. Neck down. I mean, if I was a quadriplegic, they're trying to get him bones so that he can walk again. That and that's when Angelina yeah. Jolie comes she's in. She's trying to collect them for him. So she's because she's going to she collect his bones. She's going to make him. That is not what this movie's about. The plot of this film. All right, so that's going up against Serial Mom, a comedy about a serial killer mother from the eighties. It's like a dark comedy. I it's mean, a it's dark comedy. Kathleen you know Turner. It also is dark comedy. So I married an axe murderer. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a serial. killer. We could have put that in there. We put. We want Serial Mom instead. All right. Well, anyway. Life goes on. 
Um, oh, Bloody. I'm gonna bone, vote. I'm gonna vote. Collector. I'm gonna vote Bone Collector. Yeah, Bone Collector, <laughs> hands down. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. I, I love Kathleen Turner and all. All right. Um, <laughs> so, oh wow, Greg's gonna be mad at me with this one too. Oh, you fuck. All right. So Zodiac, uh, about David the Zodiac Finch. serial killer with uh, directed by David Fincher. Um, we got Jake Gyllenhaal. We we we've got Mysterio, Iron Man, and uh, the Hulk in it. Look at that! It's like the MCU all in one. Versus the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, you're right. Du- Fuck you. 007. 007 and uh, the snow. All right. what's her face? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna Rooney Mara. The Zodiac is a great movie. It's a it's an interesting story. However, I remember reading the girl with the dragon tattoo book and just being yeah. mesmerized did, and unable to take. Did my, David Fincher direct both of these? Uh, he, so. he did. He did. The guy's a fucking genius. Um, He's all over this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with Greg, and the reason I'm going to say that is because while Zodiac is awesome, history kind of wrote that movie. Whereas right. this Girl Dragon Tattoo came out. Right. So well, all right. All right. So, so and um, yeah, I have I have a feeling how this is going to go because Glenn and I got to experience Zodiac, unlike a lot of you, where we saw the original director's cut, where I believe a post group interview with a certain selected few, somebody, some some certain fan. Her answers to certain questions made them change a lot of the the, the great parts of the movie that they kind of took well, out. Well, and I'm not all right, so Zodiac. I'm voting Zodiac. Yeah, I was going to vote Zodiac too, I knew just you because would. it is a true story and history did write it. But David Fincher told it in this way where the main character kind of and like it's almost a baton race where it changes yes, hands. And here's the cool thing about this that he used visual effects not to create like some great you know like scene or create you know some crazy alien it, he used it to create mood yeah the scenes when they show up to do the murder investigations like he did the special effects with the streets a lot of people don't even realize that's not the real I streets mean, that they're on yeah. when i went to san francisco i went to the corner of washington and cherry yeah and nice because of this because of this film okay. ice is a character in girl with the dragon tattoo that is my response to that ice is stupid ice anybody is... who walks on ice is even more stupid all right uh, <laughs> all right Fallen. <laughs> you can't defend that. <laughs> next next battle. Fallen, Denzel Washington back again. Ooh. Is John Goodman? John Goodman, yeah. yeah. Um, the Tom's ser- on his side. Yeah, Tom's on his side versus the talented Mr. Ripley with Matt Damon. I'm going to go with Fallen on I'm this I'm going to go with Fallen on that one, too. Uh, again, if I'm going by the best serial killer, it's Fallen because Ripley, as talented as he was, he made a lot of mistakes. So that's three for Fallen. So I was going to go with Ripley. All right, so Fallen fine. moves on. All right, so we're on to the second round. So we're, All right. we're integrating some of the bodies. The Silence of the Lambs got a buy, and it's going to face Frailty. Oh, that's almost not fair. I'm easily is. going Silence of the Lambs, as that much as I love nice. Frailty. Yeah. No, I'm going to go Frailty. Okay. All right, three-way. This is interesting. Really interesting three-way. Red Dragon... Natural Born Killers and Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Red Dragon. Sweeney Todd. Hold on, we got one red dragon. Two, two red dragons. dragons. Sweeney Todd. I gotta go with what I would I initially thought was natural born killers, which means red dragon moves on. As it should. I whatever. All right. Another three way. Death proof versus manhunter versus basic instinct. Death proof. Uh, two death proofs. My initial thought was basic instinct. Oh. What's that? Death proof. Manhunter. Man Man I'm gonna go manhunter. So death proof. Wow. Not going like I thought. All right. These very rarely do. Copycat 
versus seven, which I'm not mistaken, they came out really close to each so other. I'm going to say seven because copycat was kind of a copycat of seven. Uh, so, yeah, seven. I see what you did there. Yeah. Like there you that. go. All right. Another buy, American Psycho. <laughs> it had a watermark. <laughs> versus Kiss the Girls. He had the American Psycho. Yeah. Might be one of the easiest choices yeah. I think we've ever had to make. He American had Psycho. Some video tapes. Um, I enjoy your dinner at Dorsey now, you stupid fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You thought this would get easier. Here we go. No, I didn't think it would get easier. <laughs> the Cell versus Mr. Brooks versus From Hell. I am going with the s- Oh, man. I'm going with Mr. Brooks. I'm going with From Hell. I'm going with From Hell. Oh, God. I'm going Mr. Brooks. All right, so Mr. Brooks and From Hell are going to move on. Again. So, like we keep punting. Those two films started as a, as a single battle have now continued to move on. All right, so uh, the cell is gone. All right. <laughs> That's what that much we know. That might be the title of the episode. All right. The Bone Collector versus Zodiac versus Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is Zodiac for me. Dragon Tattoo. Zodiac. Okay, so once again, same thing. Zodiac and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo moved on. This is an interesting tournament we got going here. All right. Another buy. Psycho, the classic from the 60s. Probably the original, well, one of the first original serial killer movies. Versus Fallen. To me, this is easily Psycho. This is Psycho. I gotta go with Psycho. It's Psycho, yeah. And I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, Fallen, when you really think about Fallen, is it... Is it a serial killer movie? It's a supernatural it's a supernatural killer. movie. I mean, and it's it's a serial killer at the beginning who's getting executed, but you find out why he was. A, he was, was it Elias Katayas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why do you kill Jones? Casey Jones? <laughs> okay, slashing, <laughs> two minutes for hooking, and so then executed. <laughs> we talk about these tournaments that we do sometimes, and they go ways we don't think. But sometimes serendipity happens, and we get matchups like this next one. Oh fuck. The Silence of the Lambs versus Red Dragon. I said earlier how much I love Red Dragon because yeah. it's almost Silence as good as Silence of the, of the Lambs. So Silence of the Lambs is better than Red Dragon. It's Silence, it's of, Silence of the Lambs. All right. I mean, it's I the know. only kind of horror film to win Best Picture. Yeah. It won all the major categories, yeah. right? FBI. All right. I almost don't want to say this because it's going to be a blowout, even though Death Proof deserves better. But it's Death Proof versus Seven. Yeah, seven. 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 All right. I mean, it's Brad Pitt. And we all know Here we go. Dead. Now it gets interesting. American Psycho versus Mr. Brooks versus From Hell. This is tough. This is extreme. I am going American Psycho. I'm going From Hell. I think I'm... It pains me, but I think I have to go American Psycho. I'm okay with any of these three movies. I know. I really am. Look... I'm gonna have to do this uh, just to make it decisive, but I love from hell. I'm gonna go with American Psycho. All right. Okay. It got the buy for a reason. Patrick Bateman moves on. All right. Another interesting battle we got going on here, which I'm I gotta figure out. All right. All right. Uh, Zodiac versus the girl with the dragon tattoo versus Psycho. I'm still gonna go dragon tattoo. I'm, I'm still gonna, gonna go, go Zodiac. All right. And you're still going Zodiac. <sighs> to me, Zodiac, to me, I'd put that still, in the top five still, movies I'm I've ever seen in my life. I agree so. with, with Glenn. I'm going Zodiac. So I think Zodiac moves on. All right. So we got 
I, how hilarious that Zodiac and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo met in the first round and are all the way in the semifinals because they keep tying. It's just like that scene in uh, Play It to the Bone. <laughs> all right, we are into the just like semifinals. <laughs> they move on together. Two films that I think a lot of people think should be, one of them, the winner, but we'll see how it plays out. Silence of the Lambs versus Seven. Oh, so this is like the ultimate serial killer. To me, this is what I'm, I'm basing this on. Um, when I saw both, I'm thinking of how much each affected me. When I saw Seven for the first time, I remember how I felt in that theater when that movie ended and how I'd never seen anything like it. And just when I thought it couldn't get crazier, the fucking credits went backwards. And I was like, right, so what's this, happening? This is what I'm like. So I'm voting seven. So this which, is what, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing. Like, Silence of the Lambs, as creepy as it was, the sloth killing in seven freaked me out to the point where I, like, I was shaking when that guy what, started screaming. What's really weird is these two movies probably have, in my opinion, the three top fictional serial killers of all time. Mm-hmm. And seven has got number one and Silence of the Lambs has got two and three. I probably go. I think I'm gonna go with seven. I'm going seven. I'm gonna go with seven too. All right, seven is in the championship. All right, here we go. A triple threat in the other side of the bracket to determine who faces seven. American Psycho versus the the couple that won't be separated, (laughs) Zodiac and the girl with the dragon tattoo. I'm sticking Zodiac. I am also sticking with the Zodiac. I'm sticking dragon tattoo. Dragon Tattoo. So, Greg, you got to pick between these these three films. Wee, wee, wee all the way home. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, baby. I don't believe this. All right. Championship for all the marbles. <laughs> this time, there can be no tie. You you say that. No. Seven. Wait, this this has to have mm-hmm. a decisive. Seven. Because any, the characters from this fucking movies, these movies would kill each other. So Seven, Zodiac, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, to me, I'm picking seven. I'm also picking seven. I'm picking seven as well. And I was going to pick Zodiac. There you go. We did get a winner. And as crazy as this bracket was, I feel like this is probably the film I, I expected to win. I expected either this or Silence of the Lambs. Th- that, I, was, I agree. Yeah. So there you go. Are you guys interested in watching the, the Clarice show? No. no I, I ain't you know what's funny? So they did the Hannibal um, show. And there's rumors that they're going to be another season. Right, there is, but they didn't have is it the, Hulu now, or is it going to be Netflix? I'm not sure. Peacock, or is it Peacock? I'm not sure. But anyway, so they did the Hannibal show, and they did not have the rights to the Silence of the Lambs book, so they couldn't mention Clarice or anything to do with Silence of the Lambs. So now they're doing the Clarice book, and they don't have the rights to Hannibal Lecter, so they can't mention him. So they, Jesus. I've, I've noticed in the in the previews, there's a lot of mention of Buffalo Bill. Right, they, but they'll, so they'll never they'll, be able they'll to mention Hannibal, Hannibal, Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Thanks for telling me. Now I definitely won't watch it. Yeah. There we go. Serial killer movies. You all love them. We picked the best. Not that it's surprising, but I think I think we did a good job of showing you guys maybe some ones you maybe have forgotten about or not seen. Definitely watch Frailty if you haven't Frailty, heard of Frailty, Mr. Brooks. And all we talk about Fallen is a good movie, yeah. too. From Hell is another one. Um, Identity. You know what line I really loved in Fallen? It's when that kind of weird kid gets kind of gets possessed or whatever by the, mm-hmm. by the demon or whatever, and he tells his boss, you know what you'd look like with this sandwich stuffed up your ass? You'd look like a fat, stupid fuck with a sandwich up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Only we could write something like that. That's an awesome line. And if you haven't seen it, and it, it's, it's a serial killer movie, but it's enjoyable for many reasons, is Sweeney Todd. 
I think yeah. we should. Yeah. Root. Good music. Steven Sondheim. So there you go. Serial killers. And after you watch Winnie Todd, you should watch Jersey Girl, directed by Kevin Smith. <laughs> no. <laughs> so there you go. Serial killers. We love them. Uh, we embrace their movies. And, and we didn't plan this. Like, but this is we, we we're bouncing out of serial killers to something a little bit morbid, and we're talking about we we lost a bunch of well we we well we in fairness we did lose a bunch of people, but over a two week span we forgot yeah. we didn't last yeah week. we didn't mention it last week we were kind of running along um, and we're not gonna like I kind of just gonna go through the list of what we have here um, some more recent than others, but we lost Hal Holbrook yeah yeah he was he was pretty old he was in, he was up in his nineties. Yeah. I always remember him. He was awesome in that. Um, was it Into the Wild? The thing with that Sean Penn directed yeah. with um, Emil Hirsch. Yeah. For some reason, that's the one I thought. I know a lot of people remember him from playing um, Mark Twain on stage. Don't Twain. ask me why I remember him from the firm. That's the. He one. was in the firm. Yeah. The firm. Yeah. I don't know why. He was that's designing women in evening shades. That's right. He was in designing women. Was, Holy I think shit! He was married to Dixie Carter in her life. Wow. How did you forget designing women? I forgot that shades. he was in it. And then he was he was Gemma's father in Sons of Anarchy. No shit. Well, and remember, he was. Um, God damn it, Jimbo. <laughs> uh, he was in. Uh, <laughs> he was in Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, mean I, I, I mean, I guess we didn't mention probably his most famous one's All the President's Men. He was yeah. The third, so. That's a good movie. Yeah, that's a very good movie. Um, also, uh, a slightly older lady, but uh, Cicely Tyson. Um, yeah. Yeah. She was still working. Just, like, but, but a phenomenal, like you talk about a long and storied career and an important career. Oh, I God. agree. Uh, she's well up in her nineties. Good, yeah. good. Long I mean, she was in. She went did everything from Roots to The Help. It's an amazing um, woman, no doubt. Hands down, like just a great life and again important work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did very. Um, also, in important work, uh, Larry King. Yeah, probably the best interviewer of his generation. The Suspenders. Yeah. The Suspenders, yeah. Uh, in a distinct voice. I mean, he'd been married about as many times as Henry VIII. Well, it was kind of funny. Like, uh, was he really? I think, yeah, yeah, it was several. It seems like he's too busy to even bother with relationships. Well, it was funny. Howard Stern was talking about a week ago about how he had heard he had COVID, and he was like, oh, if anyone's going to beat it, it's Larry. He's going to be, you know, that. and then he passed away, and they were talking about him, how uh, him and his wife went, he went to do an interview with Larry King, and his wife was there, and Larry arranged it where her dressing like room was the same as his. Um, <laughs> I just want to share a quick story about Larry King that um, I love to watch uh, ESPN and on the Daily Show, pardon the interruption. Um, Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser they they talk about sports topics. Well, they're they're writers, so they know they knew Larry King. And Michael Wilbon had had a heart attack, like I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. And one of the first call it was right before the Super Bowl, and I think it was. And one of the first calls he got was from Larry King, who told him, basically telling him not to go back to work, go home with your family. Make sure you're you're healthy. Tony's gonna run the show for you, and basically, and it was just an interesting story that Michael Wilbon told on ESPN about just this guy, just about how much he, you know, just a nice guy, just going out of his way to, you know, reach out to somebody. He was extremely self-effacing and big sport. Conan O'Brien. Yeah, I want to say he voiced himself on the Animaniacs, kind of making fun of him. Yeah, yeah, he did the same thing on The Simpsons. And And to answer the question before, his wife at the time of his death, Sean King, he's been married to her for 23 years, but she was wife number eight. Eight, Jesus. And remember, he played himself in Ghostbusters. I was about to bring up Ghostbusters because they were wondering if the paranormal were investigators were the cause of it all. That's right. (laughs) Uh, One that was kind of shocking because it happened very quickly, Dustin Diamond. 
Yeah. Sharish from Saved by the Bell. He was diagnosed a couple weeks ago yeah. with uh, with lung cancer. Yeah, apparently he just felt some pain in his body. And they had a, um, his manager said there was some sort of lump on his neck that he had been ignoring. He had had some, some drug problems, right? He's had a lot of he drugs. Lot he's, of he's got, he had yeah. some demons. Yeah, but, um, he's had a trouble. He was only 44. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, he's close in age to us, and that that that's very true. But also, it's growing one of the, up watching that's, Screech is, is yeah, like, that's it's the like, thing. I saw Tiffany Thiessen uh, had posted something about oh my, I'm sad to hear my co-star. Like as many problems as he had with that cast too, they yeah. all still you know, all right, cared about him. Like and, and that's the thing. Like you know, I really was hoping we'd get a, a, a Screech appearance on, on... I haven't watched the new Save the, by the Bell. I, I know what how what they referenced them. Right, I've heard They that. said he was living on the International Space Station with his robot, Kevin. And, I mean, I know it's... he's He had said, it, you know, it was just very hard being, you know, coming out of, after Save by the Bell, you know, wanting to just be a normal life and meet girls and do all this kind of thing, but everybody just looks at him as this little crazy, like, little nerdy guy, and, and, yeah. and nobody, like, looked at him like a real, like a real person. And I read that he was a lot younger than all the other actors on Save by the Bell, yeah. where when they were all in their teens and 20s, he was still, like, 13. 13. Yeah. So, I mean, it was... I mean, it's it's sad. It's sad, yeah. But, um, I mean, we could always remember him by watching some old Save by the Bell mm-hmm. episodes. Uh, and another actress who you have many, many choices of what to watch her in is Cloris Leachman. Yeah. Frau Blucher. Yeah, like, Yay. she... She was another one who, too, like, her comedic timing. She was fantastic. Still, like, right before she died, like, she was still turning out stuff. Like, I remember her being really funny on that show with Garrett Dillahunt. Was it was it Raising Hope or something yeah. like that? She was, like, the grandma. I mean, she was... She'll fix you some sandwiches. She was she, she was O'Granny. O'Granny. Oh, I forgot she was O'Granny. 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 <laughs> but, I mean, I just... I'll always remember her from Young Granny Frankenstein. Sprung. Well, there's that... Uh, like, she, she took over for... Uh, on a not family ties the the, the Hogan Garrett. family no no it was the, oh. the show against the, uh, shit uh, Facts of Life Facts of Life you're right she, you take she, the good you take the yeah, bad you take, you take and, them and all she, and then you have that the show I, I remember Cloris Leachman as much as I remember Mrs. Garrett from that show but yeah very classically trained actress just really funny yeah. and, and I didn't say this one for last on purpose even though it's a, one that's particularly important to me uh, Mira Furlan, who was Delenn on Babylon Five, and you might not know her from many other things. She was Rousseau on Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, she uh, she was a, a an immigrant from Yugoslavia, and you talk about a little sci-fi show that like is almost like the little engine that could, but like her performance is one of the grounding. It, it elevates the show to to a to a, a level that that. I, I think the show could have been a lot more campy without her performance in in this role. Uh, she in, in she was this one of the nicest human beings. Every castmate that she has uh, talks about how how much of a light's gone out because of it. I have several like recordings of her from Comic Con and stuff like that, just being a, a gem of a human being. So uh, she will definitely be missed along with everybody else that we just talked about. Yeah, what did she die of? It was um, I actually didn't see. Was it natural causes? It wasn't no, natural it causes? was it was. Hmm. Let me look it up because it was it was okay. something very bizarre. Um, I'm trying to think what it was. It yeah. was like um, no, I'm, I'm trying to look it up and say it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. We love. Oh, it was West Nile virus. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's why. Yeah, that's why we were in the middle of this pandemic, and she died of West Nile virus, which yeah, a different very, pandemic. Yeah. So that's, yeah. yeah. But rest in peace. 
Well, it is now time to nominate this week's awesome villager. Gentlemen, who are your nominees and why? Well, I didn't particularly like the film, The Little Things. A little, whatever the hell it was. But anyway, Little Things. Little things. Um, I thought Jared Leto was amazing. Like, he, he he's really, really good. And to say that he... I would say he outdid Denzel and oh, Rami Malek, which is crazy to think of. But especially how good they were in the movie, right? Like they were both very good. Like, uh, but even uh, even down to like just like not just the way he acted, but like the way he walked. Yes, and everything was just really. Weird. He really like it was almost like does he have a limp or does he? He just walks kind of funny. He like everything yeah, about his like, character, the way he walks, his the way like just everything about the way he performs this role was amazing. So I'm gonna go with Jared Leto. Um, I don't need to go through his filmography because we all know how good he is. We yeah. saw him get an X to the face in American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm gonna go with Kat Dennings. Um, she's a, I, I wish we see her in more things, but like I remember from Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist from uh, you know, one of being one of the highlights of Two Broke Girls when I could stand to You know what she there. reminds me of? She she reminds me of this girl that like you like, but then like she keeps fucking with you and like torturing you. <laughs> Yeah, she, she's, she has a smart-ass attitude. Right. That's, like, that's what I love about her. She's very funny. Right, like, like it's hilarious. And, and I, I just, I, I'm, I'm very happy they brought this character back because I remember, like, as Thor, Thor the Dark World, as not great as it was, like, her in it was, she was fun. Fine. And, mm-hmm. like, when the, the hammer flies by, she goes, meow, meow. <laughs> She was good in um, 40-Year-Old Virgin, too. Yeah, she's I, she's a great actress, yeah. and I really wish they used her in more things. Two Broke Girls was an interesting show that she was in. It started out okay, but then I feel yeah, like it, it all did. got to the point where like every time one of them would say something funny, you'd see the look on their face like they are waiting to hear the audience laugh. Yeah, it, okay? it, it got bad quick, but yeah, yeah, the first season was pretty good. Yeah, um, I'm going to nominate uh, Anya Taylor-Joy. She's kind of a newcomer. Not newcomer. She's been in a few things now, but she was in the main girl in uh, Split. Split, Split right. And uh, she's the star of Queen's Gambit. And I mean, it's a great show, and she is the show. I mean, it's okay. it's all her, and she just does a great performance from beginning to end. She's got a very interesting look. Yeah. yeah. But, and um, I'm gonna kind of bounce off of Greg. So I'm gonna nominate Randall Park. Um, I think this guy, his career is on the cusp of skyrocketing. Like I said, he I thought he was. I mean, he stole many scenes in Ant Man and the Wasp when when he showed up in this episode of Wandavision and did the little card trick. He, he steals scenes in five, in a five-year engagement, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that. There's Always Be My Maybe, which yeah. is a movie that I, I like to thank Putty every time because he's the one that brought it to my attention. But then, like, he had a funny little role in Aquaman, too, if you remember. But yeah. um, I just think he's just a hilarious, very good actor. So that's what I'm going to go with him. All right, gentlemen, if you have to vote for someone other than your own, who would it be? For me, it's... It's Randall Park. Glenn stole my guy because I love this dude. I think he was amazing in Always Be My Maybe. I thought his performance in Episode 4 is what made me like really get invested in WandaVision because it wasn't all goofy and you know 50-ish sitcom, 60-ish sitcom. It was like he, him showing up and his performance, it was like, all right, now I, I get where we're at. And I don't know. It's like his performance is very... Um, it sort of brought back... like elements of where we actually are as far as like what's going on in WandaVision and he also did it with humor like the, the dude is funny without like he just deliver a, a simple line and it, it somehow he, he comes across as being really funny I, I think he's great I think he's going to be a big big comedic star I'm going to go with Kat Dennings actually um, I was kind of going leaning towards Jared Leto but Kat Dennings just actually really impressed me in this and I like the way her character is kind of that character of uh, what's what's the character's part of it? okay 
Oh, uh, uh, my, my mind's going blank here. Her character is Darcy. 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 Darcy yeah. How, Dr. Darcy. Before now. she was always just kind of like, yeah, she was always just kind of like Natalie Jane, like Jane's like kind of sidekick who was just kind of the comic relief. Now she's the comic relief, but she's also the smartest person right. in the room. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, I, I really think she's doing a good job with that. And I hope she's in the show a lot more. And uh, I was listening to some 30 Seconds to Mars earlier today, so I'm going to have to go with Jared Leto. Um, and I was going to go with Kat Dennings. Just Kat Dennings? Yeah. Just because I thought that the other thing that I, I kind of appreciated was, like like John said, she's still Darcy, but she's like yeah. a doctor now. Yeah. But I like it how she was kind of the audience. when They, they had right. this, the, the scenes of her watching the yeah. broadcast. Oh, I forgot about that. And, that is, uh, and, was and, really and cool. It was just sort of like, it, it, it makes you realize, like, it makes you feel like you're a part of this, of the MCU almost. Like yeah. you're, like Darcy's watching it along with you, right. which I thought was really cool. Nice. All right. Well, Kat Dennings, you can come hang out with us. Or as Ryan said, you can pretend to come hang out with us. Yeah. Like, not know. ever show up and whatnot. Either of which would be great. Cause she does seem like the kind of girl that a guy would be really into. And then, like, she would, like, not want to really hurt his feelings and not tell him you have no chance with me, but still hang out with him and continue to break his heart unintentionally. Yeah. She's pretty awesome. She is pretty cool. All right. Well, remember, as always, you can find us on many different platforms. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a host of other platforms. Every time you listen to us, you do help the show out. Also, go to our website. Uh, give us feedback on the website. Following us on the website also does help us out here at the show. It allows us to keep going, keeps us in the snacks we are accustomed to, and so on and so forth. Uh, we're going to see you here next week. This has been Greg. John. Glenn. Ryan. See you out there.